Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Via Williams. I'm Sarah Reynolds. And I'm Wendy Papazan. Today, we're going to talk about how to run a highly, highly effective meeting. A recent Harvard Business Review said, sometimes five minutes spent with six people separately is actually more effective and productive than a half-hour meeting with them all together. Mm. And yet, according to online meeting provider Fuse, ineffective meetings waste an estimated $37 billion a year. Wow. That's wow. a B. I wonder how they calculate with that. A B. Yeah. Just like in wasted time, they just take like wasted wages time. and then they wage. take the hours and wow. I'm sure. Wasted time. Yeah. And a recent study in the Journal of Organizational Behavior found that while wasting time is typically unacceptable in other aspects of business life, in the case of meetings, wasting wasted time seems to be unaccepted. And I don't know if this is true for most of you listeners out there, but I personally, I don't care for wasting time in meetings. Those of <laughs> us that have a high D personality, we like to go in, uh, run, run an effective meeting, get the things that we need to get done out of the meeting and go back and get and move along. get on with our day. Yep, yep. Yep. So today we are going to be talking about the ways we uh, run an effective meeting. We're actually going to have this is going to be a two-part episode. The first episode is really going to be on the reasons for having a good meeting and, and how to run an effective leadership meeting. And then we're going to have a second episode that is going to be on how to run an effective one-on-one. In Keller Williams, we call it a 411, but a one-on-one accountability meeting. So stay tuned for that as well. Yeah, and I think the key word here, Wendy, is effective how to have an effective meeting. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And and more of it, like Wendy said, more of a, a in a group setting for today's episode. And then the next one's going to be a one-on-one. So we put together five for how to have uh, Not six. the most. I was just going to say, have we noticed we've moved off of the What's six happening? down to five? We're I'm getting more efficient. I'm all lost more inside. Efficient. Okay. Well, we don't want to bore our listeners and be too predictable. Okay. So we're okay. just trying to spice right. it up here and moving from six to five, you know, but five steps for having a, an effective meeting. And I love, love, love step number one, because I'm just like you, Wendy, in terms mm-hmm. of making sure that we need to be in the meeting. So the first question is to ask yourself is, do you need to have this meeting? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, yeah. sometimes it's just a one-on-one with one person, right? Or it's it's a mm-hmm. it's a it's a quick email to two people and you don't need to involve a bunch of people in a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how I think of that, you know, that answer is I always think like what's the outcome that I need? right now. So that I think a meeting is necessary for. And then I kind of back out of that because that's how I think. I just reverse reverse engineer everything. Mm-hmm. So I think, okay, well, the outcome that, you know, that we need is this and is a meeting the best thing to have to get to that outcome, right? Kind of to your point, Wendy, about maybe it's a couple mm-hmm. of one-on-ones. I will mm-hmm. say though, and I don't know if I want, I don't want to get too bunny trail, but when you were talking about in the intro, remember you made that comment about sometimes five minutes spent with six people um, mm-hmm. is better than meeting. I'm also sensitive to the negative that that can have because when you when your organization gets bigger, I'm probably I, I think I'm in the largest organization here. We have about mm-hmm. you know 300 ish 
you know, employees or something like that. And I, I personally, you know, lead and manage sort of 40 or 50 of them. I get really sensitive to silos because they just are so damaging. And they, you know, when you're left out and, you know, everyone's having one-on-ones, it can be disruptive too. So I totally understand what the Harvard Business Review is saying. But sometimes just, you know, having a meeting is good to have the meeting so that everyone's on the same page. So I just felt like I wanted to add that in there. I think if if you look at it, the key there was the effectiveness. So, like, meaning right. I, I agree with you. I I'm very sensitive to silos as well, and I think it can be true that you can actually move faster in the period of time by sometimes having the one on ones in terms of the effective. But that's why it's important when you. It, it's actually better to have that group meeting, but make sure it's effective. And I think that's what they were trying to say is like when you do have all six of those people in one room. Are you using your time with those six the, wisely and to actually make mm-hmm. progress versus just like everyone talking over each other or not actually focusing on uh, the real problem? So, uh, but the- well, and 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 I would just add to that is is you know maybe that meeting is a fifteen minute meeting. I think sometimes right. we get stuck on this idea of that meetings are an hour. Yes, yeah, you know? I was yeah, just I thinking so about that. So, and sometimes yeah, you can easily have, have a twenty minute meeting. meeting. Mm-hmm. So I so true. agree with that. Well, and yeah. and one of my love languages with a meeting is having an agenda and getting it in advance, which is, Via, did you technically give step two, by the way? No. I jumped ahead. <laughs> no. So, hey, look at me. But that's, that's what you did. That's perfect. Hey, that's perfect. I am trying to follow hey. and call out the steps We're just trying people. to stay true to our podcast. That's what we do. Um, yeah, so, I mean, so, so you know, the, we're going to go through a five-step plan and talk more about it. But number one was ask yourself, like, do you have to have this meeting, right? Number two is who really needs to be there and will make a contribution, yeah. And then step three woo-hoo, is my favorite, create an agenda and share it in advance. I going into a meeting that I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I feel bamboozled sometimes because I feel like I don't actually know what we're trying to accomplish. So for me, going into a meeting, knowing what the goal is or knowing what we're trying to cover, I'm going to come in so much better for you than if I'm coming in like curious and not knowing what to expect. Well, and and I, I, I feel so strongly about this. I cannot stand a meeting without an agenda mm-hmm. because what yes. it tells me is is that the, the person who's running the meeting hasn't uh, thought about number one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Do you really need to have this meeting and what's it going to be about, right? Yes. And so they're just rolling into the meeting because they know they have something to say or they want to talk about it. And it's really, if you're running the meeting, it's such a disrespect to the people in your meeting if you don't have an agenda. It's just disrespectful. I agree, Wendy. I feel the same Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. So then number four is to create some kind of engagement. Okay. You're not there to just tell everyone what's going on. And I can't stand meetings either that it's just, you know, you're just a bullet point list of everything that's going on. Like if you want to have a meeting, you want to have some kind of engagement. So a nice way to do that, and actually we do a lot of this for some of our Her Best Life at Amplify events is we will we will we'll get people into groups of two to have a to answer a question and that'll get them really engaged and thinking about it and uh, and then we can share in a larger group and that's just one really good way to get people engaged the other thing that that's really useful is to have different people take different parts of the meeting so different people mm-hmm. are coming to report share ideas maybe you have committees things like that just so it's just not just not one person at the front mm-hmm. just talking the whole time 
I've I've had to had to really grow in this area because when I first started building our business, I I knew that everyone wanted clarity around their role, and I was building all of the systems to ensure yes. that everyone has clarity around their role. And that it was very, it's very powerful that we did that. The negative of that is like, it's literally made to where no one has to think, which mm-hmm. is not good. The, the mm-hmm. biggest asset that someone brings to your organization is their mind, right? And I looked up like a couple of years ago and my whole world, even my leaders were just waiting for me to tell them what to do Yeah. versus them thinking it through themselves. And I, and I had a big problem because everyone was coming to me to give the answers because I had built this organization that was me just telling everyone what to do. And I, it, I mean, I really, it was sort of ingrained in our organization in the last couple of years. I've been very intentional about getting better about that. I don't feel like I'm fully there yet. And most of my team will tell you I'm not, but it's something that I have to be really intentional about is to make sure that you're not, if you are the leader, you're not the one talking the whole time. You actually should be asking questions and probably talking the least. So I totally agree. And I just want to also share, I think that's very normal. At the beginning of an organization, when you have a strong founder, I think that's pretty typical that that it, it's just founded on the basis of a super strong visionary who sees it so clearly that, you know, that, that you're getting it to a point. And I think what's important with you, with, with Ben Kinney, you know, my founder and different people I look at, Gary Keller, there is a point where you, where you have to step back and say, hey, I need to grow as a leader and hear other voices and, and, and you know, maybe look at hiring people that are, are going to, that I'm going to want to listen to more and, you know, all the things that have naturally happened to you guys or purposely, I don't know. So I think that and it's it's okay. Like if your business, if you're listening to this and you're in the phase where you're, you know, you're what Sarah described, it's okay to recognize that and to slowly move into hearing other voices and making it more inclusive, I think. You know, I I just thought I'd add. Well, that. I'm just gonna well, I'm just gonna push back because I sure. think the best thing that you can do when your organization is little, if you've hired people who are good at what they do, is to listen to them. I think a lot of us spend a lot of time uh railroading uh our operations people, because typically we're, we're, you know, it's like the quote that I was reading you guys from Adam Grant. Typically the person who becomes the, the leader is the person who's got the loudest voice. And I know, you know, I'm, I, I have the blessing of, of, of being the chairman for our amazing organization, Her Best Life. And there are loud people and quiet people in our organization. And I work hard to make sure that every voice is heard because I I literally believe that we are so much stronger together. And I think of, of if you're listening to this and you're running a smaller organization and, and you've got one or two people, they're probably on the operations side. Of course, they're going to listen to you. You know, you're the mm-hmm. boss, you're paying them. Mm-hmm. But if you don't give them opportunities to speak up, you're you're honestly, you're never going to get, you're not going to get better because you're going to think it's your way or the highway. So I, I would, even even if the 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 engagement that you're creating is is you're saying to your people, hey, Here's a problem that we've got. Why don't we take five minutes and everybody write down the answer that they think of to their problem, and then we're going to share it all. Okay, so even if you're doing that, even if it's an engagement on on such a small level, I do think it's normal, but I think that we have to work hard not to be that way. So I I just want to say, I I don't think you're pushing back because I wasn't glorifying it. I was saying, I think it's normal. Mm -hmm. 
And so mm-hmm. what I wanted to do was make sure that anyone listening who recognizes that in themselves just knows that it's okay yeah. to change right now. So <laughs> was yeah. that me talking over you? No, not at all. I love <laughs> any anytime we spicily push back, like I think it creates drama and I sort of love it. But but you know, I, I'm not saying that, yeah, it's it's right. I, I I look back and I completely steamroll people, Wendy. Like I this is not, but I think it's very normal for for a strong founder to just naturally do this and not even be aware of it maybe. And so mm-hmm. my point was, hey, look at yourself, you know, ask yourself a real question, look in the mirror. Are you doing this? You, you probably are and change now. A big, mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. awesome. And a big uh, lesson we've learned over the last six months is we've actually attracted some leadership talent in from corporate that has come in from really large organizations coming into our entrepreneurial organization. We're not small necessarily, right? We're 25 people, but we're, we don't have this like crazy level of hierarchy between departments at this point. And what lesson that I have learned is, is that in the hiring process, something I am highly attracted to when we're bringing people into our organization is smart, capable, really dynamic decision makers that can see from, you know, point A to point C, they can see really nuggets and ways to get there that are very concise and clear. And what I found was is that when we were attracting these people out of corporate, in these types of meetings, they were not speaking up because they're so used to having to go through one, two, three, four, five levels of decisions or through multiple organ- like multiple people in an organization to get a decision made that they weren't speaking up because they thought that this was going to be a three, six-month process instead of a 10-minute meeting to make the decision and go. And I was having to like pull these leaders aside coming out of corporate and almost kind of like dust off the corporate a little bit to say like, we hired you because you are smart, capable, and willing. So if I just want to like encourage if any of our listeners are coming out of corporate and into a more entrepreneurial organization, I think it's important to have the conversation about what type of input you want, what is appropriate during a meeting and what sort of feedback and input you're looking for to set the tone. Because that was a huge fail forward for us in the last six months, realizing that they weren't speaking up because they didn't understand the chain of command or the level um, of decision-making and how quick we're looking to move instead of Mm -hmm. having long drawn out processes. So maybe Maybe that will save some of you some time, but that, that's been a big lesson we've had. That's so good, well, Seychelles. Well, the other, the other big thing on, yeah, the other big thing on the same, same sort of topic, I think that, that most of our listeners, you know, it's called empire building. So we probably are all, many of you are strong personalities just like we are and <laughs> can quickly railroad a meeting and or people without even thinking about it. Right. And a book that I had to read three times and I still think I'm, I struggle with it is called M- multipliers. Mm-hmm. And it's about this concept of, are you diminishing your team members sort of m- mind in the, in the brain that they have? or are you multiplying it? And I never, if you would have asked me, like I, and even the title, I would have been like, oh, I'm a multiplier for sure. I've multiplied all these people and I've grown and, but it's about multiplying for someone to feel like they're valued and someone that can, that you are accepting of their suggestions and things like that. So that's a book I would suggest if you're like us and struggle with this. And also the other thing too, I think that's really important to note. Sometimes the smartest people, no matter what you do, will not speak up in a group meeting. Mm-hmm. And, and it's more my COO. She she will not many times speak up in a group meeting. And, and what mm-hmm. has caused us to grow so fast is me and her being 100% in alignment. Mm-hmm. And many times it's because I do have a one-on-one with her beforehand. And mm-hmm. I am speaking sort of on her behalf. 
And I know that's not always ideal necessarily because we do want them talking in the meeting, but there are some behavioral types or personality types that no matter what will always um, stay quiet. And so you make sure you're getting what they're thinking Mm -hmm. in a safe place for them where they feel like it's a safe place. I love that. Yeah. And I relate to all that. I know I've had Mm. similar experiences, but also there's people who process things at a different speed. So a lot of us are super fast processors. I know for me, that is a superpower for me. And I'm not as Mm -hmm. good as, as being, I'm not as good at being a deep thinker about stuff. I'm really good at, at quickly processing things. And I know Sarah, you're, you're, Maybe not so quick of a processor. No, I, I'm I'm but, extremely slow. Yeah, I'm I'm an yeah. extremely slow. I'm processor. pretty slow too. Which did, I think people might find that surprising, Sarah, that we're kind of Wendy, slower processing. Yeah, no, it, it's, um, that's actually that's actually why I do the agenda so early and why I send it out to my people early is because I have to I have to do that. Like I literally mm-hmm. cannot operate without doing that because mm-hmm. I have to think through all the items sort of ahead of time. So that leads us to step number five. So mm-hmm. so far. Let me just run through them real quick because since this is the last one, ask yourself, do you really uh, have to have the meeting? Step number two is who really needs to be there and will they make a contribution? Step three is create an agenda and share it in advance. Step four is create engagement. Just don't talk the whole time. And step number five, if you're not together, you want to make it remote friendly. So as much as you can make it to where people feel like they're involved. So right now, most of our meetings, we have half in the office and about half virtual. And so we use something called the OWL, which will move around depending on who is talking. But try to make it as as remote friendly as possible. So then those that are remote feel like they're there with you. Explain what the OWL is because it's so cool. We have one too. Yeah, it's like it looks like an OWL and it makes an OWL noise. But it, <laughs> it has all these cameras. And depending on movement and who's talking, the camera moves to whoever's talking. And then at the top, it's the it's the sort of like full camera of the room. So you can see the room and then the bottom shows, th- that's what it shows for the person watching, uh, shows actually who is speaking. Yeah, it's, like, so it's, really, it's really cool. And it usually so. goes like right in the middle of the table, right? It goes in the mm-hmm. middle of the table so they can see like the 360 view of the meeting. Yeah, that's cool. Yes, yeah. Well, so I'm I'm just curious. I know we're going to talk about how to have a good, effective leadership meeting, but I'm curious about what your, what your, what the meetings look like on your, on your teams and in your organizations. Like what are the regular meetings look like? So, like Seychelle, what are your, what are your regular meetings? We do a small on Monday. So Mondays and Tuesdays, I front load our, my like regularly scheduled meetings. I want those early in the week. So if we have things we need to change or impact or do, we have time the rest of the week to do that. So my leadership involve on Mondays, every other Monday, it's a different type of leadership meeting. We have like our three of us have been together, or I guess four of us have been together 15 plus years. And so there's kind of a heartbeat of our organization that we we are very in sync with. So every other Monday, we're doing like a kind of a, a pulse check on the organization, the culture, kind of the heartbeat of the organization. And then on the op- opposite week, the every other week from that, we're having our larger group level 10 meeting with all of our operations and leadership that's moving that forward. And, and we'll walk you through what, that, what those meeting formats look like. And then... I have one-to-ones. I have more one-to-ones than I probably should right now on my list, but we're cross-training a lot of leadership. So I have that with our operations director, our listing management, our inside sales, 
our director of growth, and then our team coach. And those are my, those are my weekly one-to-ones. And so that's what our schedule looks like. And those are on Mondays and Tuesdays. How about you guys, Sarah, what's yours look like? I feel like now I'm, I'm in I'm meetings all the time. <laughs> uh, and so that's like now leading, succeeding mm-hmm. through other people out of, it's, it's gotten to be, be crazy. I don't know if this is, if I'm doing it the best way, but I'm figuring it out <laughs> as we scale up. And so on Mondays, I meet with my key leaders. I now have three key leaders that sort of roll up to me that are now overseeing my executive leadership team. And so we, I have my one-on-ones with them on Monday. And then also we have a group meeting with the five of us. So we call it the the Hydra, which is, (laughs) I I don't know if I ever shared that story, but I came one time we were all traveling together and I said, we're like a five headed dragon. Like, you know, the five (laughs) of us together are like, are so powerful. And I came home and I said to George, like, oh, we're a five headed dragon. And he goes, oh, a Hydra. And I was like, what? And he's like, it's an actual, it's an actual thing. It's a thing. Uh It's a thing. I was like, Wow. Okay. So we have our Hydra meeting. And the reason for that was because our executive leadership team follows the level 10 meeting, which we're about to go over. And it, it was such a weird dynamic because it, I have led through a level 10 meeting for the last, I think four years at least. And now I'm in a meeting with people that roll up to me and their people. So then it was like really awkward because I did, I never wanted to put down the person, not put down, but like give a suggestion and make them feel like, you know, we need to be on the same page when we enter into the meeting because we're really the five that are sort of running the entire system and organization. And so that's on Monday. On Tuesday mornings, we have our level 10 leadership meetings. And then I have multiple one-on-one area growth leader coaching sessions, depending on where they're at. And then finance meeting is a big thing for all of my businesses. And so typically I have one or two finance meetings a week because i in running multiple locations and businesses and partnerships. And so I just want to make sure that everyone's on the same page financially. So we have a network-wide meeting that I lead, which is across all of our locations. That's every Wednesday. There's there's a lot. I could probably keep I'm, going, but it's I'm a good laughing as meetings. you're saying this because I'm like, oh yeah, we have our partner gathering. Oh yeah, we have our scripts. Oh yeah, we have our PL. Yeah. It's it's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, Sarah. <sighs> yeah, I have a lot of meetings too. Yeah, Via just has a deep sigh. A deep sigh. Well, I mean, the the one thing I was thinking about the owl, right? We have always so I when you run, you know, I run eleven real estate offices, but but we call it eight because it's eight franchises, right? Eight separate franchises. Mm -hmm. A couple of them had different multiple locations. And you talk about the owl. We 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 have been remote since before COVID. You can't have eight offices and not be remote, right? So so by very definition, I've never left a group that's not remote, which is kind of an interesting mm. thing. It's almost like leading retail mm. in a way, you know, if you think about it. Mm. And so, um, and so when we talk about, you know, do you need to have the meeting? Like, what's the reason for the meeting? Regardless of the agenda, I feel very strongly you do need to have regular touches when you're remote just to have regular touches. So, you know, so there's that. Like, I'll just start on a baseline. When you're completely remote, you you need to be meeting regularly, right? So every Monday, we have my team leaders, and, and our team leaders really run our offices or the leader of our each of our offices. That's a very important meeting. We go through logistics, and then, and then it's primarily me teaching or a guest teaching what they need in the moment determined by the coaching. 
and and also determined by results. So if they're if they're not not setting a lot of appointments, but they're doing well converting on the back end, you know, we'll go through a couple sessions of just appointment setting. I'll bring in experts. I'm very purposeful about it. If they're um, setting a ton of appointments and not converting on the back end, then we're going to probably spend the next month going through meeting formats and role playing. And I'll bring in guests and I'll bring it. You know, so so typically the training, I I purposely try not to plan it too far in advance. If everything's kind of rolling, though, um, I do indulge myself and teach different things. You, it, it comes up on the podcast sometimes. Mm-hmm. So whenever I write an episode, it's probably because I've, I've, I've just seen something in my coaching that I felt that like it might be on time management or it might be on something a little less tactical, right? So that that's kind of our format. And then every Wednesday, we have our team leaders and our, and our market center administrators together on a Zoom. And that's an important time to make sure everybody's on the same page. I use that time to make sure that that the MCAs and the team leaders are all in alignment with what we're doing. When we when we stopped doing those for a while, it was chaos, right? It was it was just chaos. And those are those are just thirty minutes, which I think a lot of people would be surprised about how quick that is. But you don't need long. We just need to make sure we're on the same page. We need to share some birthday, you know, happy birthdays on Zoom that are sung really horribly and whatever. And then, you know, and then I, we've got network, all network meetings, you know, with all of our brokerages and all different things. But I, I thought I'd point that out. I, we have ELT meetings. So I, there's four of us who kind of are the core leadership for brokerages. And, and I just want to kind of share this before I um, pass the baton to you, back to you guys. I, I was coached by a guy named Abe Shreve. And Abe coached me for, boy, like four years. And I became a coach, like as in like a sort of a paid coach for our organization at Keller Williams Maps for two years. And I asked him his advice. And he gave me advice that has never left me, and I've used it uh, for meetings. And his advice was, don't make the rookie mistake of giving yourself homework. You always need to give your people homework. I go, what do you mean? He said, well... The rookie mistake that a coach makes is, you know, hey, Sarah, I'm going to get that for you. I'm going to do that for you. I'll, 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 I'll follow up with that. But a, a seasoned coach says, hey, Sarah, you're going to, I want you to come up with a, a scorecard for yourself. And I want you to, you know, figure out what you want to track. And I want you to send those to me. Okay. That's what a seasoned coach does. So my rule in meetings is I try not to create homework for myself, right? For the most part, they have to bring it to me. And that is a fundamentally a very, very important concept if you haven't thought of it before. You don't make homework for yourself. If people are rolling up to you, make it, put it on them to bring you the data and you the reports. Yeah, no, that's my coach now. I'm so bad at that, Via. My coach now won't allow me to take a pen and paper into any meeting mm. because I take it on versus, yeah. So it's, yeah. I, that's good, Via. Really good. That's good. Well, and I don't want to belabor, belabor, you know, our listeners with all the meetings that we have, but I just think it's interesting to know kind of what the flow of meetings is for the week. So let's yeah. dive into what a good uh, weekly lead. Um, I'm assuming for most of us, it's a weekly leadership meeting on our teams looks like. And I actually got this framework from Sarah. It's an EOS. I don't even know what EOS stands for, but uh, it's an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial operating system. Yeah. Or- operating yeah. Entrepreneurial systems. operating systems. Yeah. 
Perfect. Okay. They have something called a level 10 leadership meeting and you can actually Google this and there's a really nice video that just walks you through the whole thing, but we're just going to go through it here briefly. So we start out every meeting with uh, good news. So it's just a nice energetic way to start out the meeting. You could also ask a dynamic question to kind of get everyone excited and, you know, get everyone thinking, but that's just quick. That's just five minutes. And uh, that's really where we start. Yeah, so next is your scorecard review. So this is all of the numbers. And so we have each department head report their numbers. So we start with leads generated and go through the entire sales pipeline, depending on the department head that is responsible for that. And then in addition to that, we're giving uh, the scorecard review for each location. So then that way our executive leadership team knows which locations of ours are doing well, which of them are struggling. And then our, we end with the, the people part, which is probably uh, arguably the most important in terms of how many people we're, we're interviewing, who's on the bench and tracking um, accept, acceptance of offers. And beside every, on ours, beside every number is a conversion rate to the next one. So if our talent uh, department had 18 interviews, how many of them turned into the next step of the process. So then that way we can track where we see holes in the business to work on. And the purpose of each of these um, items is to find problems that you're, that you're as your people or as everyone's representing their scores. And as you go through each of the categories, um, you're going to find problems. And the goal is just to write them down. You don't address them at that moment. You just write them down to circle back for the IDS portion, which we will get into that. That takes some training. It's really, yeah. you have to really train your people to not get in problem solving mode on that. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, and you sometimes they, have to come down hard. Like we're, we're really going to shelve that. Like we were, you know, you have to kind of stop yeah. conversation. Yeah. And then the, yep, the yep. second thing you go into is your rock and roll review, which is the rock is, rock your rocks <laughs> are your big rocks. So I couldn't resist. Your rocks are your big rocks. That is the large priority or the big priority that the whole team is working towards. And then the role is who has a responsibility in, and that rolls down to what we call a 12-week year on our team, which is you break those goals and roles down into 12 weeks, and then every week you report in how you're doing it. And And this is often when you're looking at like what this looks like on a one sheet of paper. We've done an episode on it, but it's called your GPS. Um, And that stands for um, one goal that you're working towards or your one thing. Then you can have up to three priorities to meet that goal. And then the S for the GPS is strategies. And that is up to five strategies under each of those priorities to get there. And you measure those on a weekly basis then to see how you're doing towards your big goal. Love it. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about the let's fix what's broken. Is that next? Yeah. So we don't, I don't do this. So this is what you guys do on your level 10 EOS meetings, right? But I love it. This is not. This, this is, is not, not technically, technically level ten. EOS. Oh, okay. This is just. This is just. This. This is something Running that we used to do mm-hmm. when our team. When us. Right. For those of you that are just starting building your empires, and a lot of things. A lot of things are are breaking all the time as you're growing. 
And honestly, I'm sure, you know, Sarah's experiencing massive growth right now. So she's probably got millions of things that are broken all the time too. But it's valuable to ask the question, hey, what's, yeah. what's, let's fix what's broken. And sometimes this is a totally separate meeting that comes out, but it, I think it would be appropriate in your leadership meeting to talk about the main things that are broken and then maybe move that to a separate meeting where you're you're actually prioritizing that and fixing those things one by one. So that's what that is. That feels like a really yeah, good it, operations one too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I disagree. And so the the purpose of the level ten leadership meeting, each of the agenda items, is actually to find what's broken, and then that moves down to the IDS problem. That so you're identifying Identify. what's broken, and many times mm-hmm. it's sales, may, many times it's operational, but. Your the numbers will show what's broken. If if key rocks are not being hit, that will show what's broken. The next sort of category, Wendy, actually you have the next sort of category, which I think is it has become very powerful for us in our organization to to find out what's broken. And so you move from just so, so we're clear here, you move from your big rocks, and then the next sort of category in the level ten leadership meeting has to do with humans. Yeah, with humans, which is which is team member updates. And this is where you get the opportunity to talk about maybe if someone's struggling, right? Or if something's going exceptionally right. Maybe somebody's at a point in their role where it's time for them to to move up. You know, they might be getting bored or, you know, it's really just an opportunity to, you know, kind of, I guess what Sarah said, fix what's broken on the people side of things. You know? Yeah, and and we do client and team member headlines for this section, and so our director of client care is there, and sometimes she'll say, you know, we we struggled with this, we got fired because of X Y Z that happened, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden that shows, oh my goodness, our system's broken here, or how did our how did that coach or that leader not not catch that ahead of time, or mm-hmm. so it's like customer, and then also team member headlines of like anything to do with your people comes up there. And so any problems, then you're writing them down for the section below. So then that leads to the, the, the really one of the last sort of sections of the meeting, which is called IDS, which is identify, discuss, and solve. And so I asked my leadership team, you know, based on everything that we went over today, what are, what are the problems that you're seeing? What are the ones that we need, need to identify? Mm-hmm. I write them on my own paper, on my own, without telling them what what it is I want I want to see if they will come to the same conclusions which they typically always do and then you rate them based on priority sometimes so you have a 60 minute block for this so this is the longest part of the meeting and you rate them based on priority of what you're going to solve so it's identify discuss and then solve so you walk out with solutions and um and sometimes it's you take the whole 60 minutes. Like if it's such a big problem, like earlier this year, we had a huge conversion decrease from mm-hmm. listing appointments happened to listing appointments signed. I mean, that's the, the, that's a the big blood problem. of yeah. our business. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a big problem. So we spent that whole leadership meeting just talking about solving that problem. And so sometimes it's you get one item done and then sometimes you get the whole thing done. So it just depends on which sort of problems were identified when you went through okay. that. So. so we do that. We just don't call mm-hmm. it that. That's exactly yeah. what our Monday meetings are that I was describing. Okay. Yeah, I figured you'd do it. Yeah, yeah. I figured you'd do that. Yeah. The, yeah. the last thing that I think is super, has, is super important 
especially as you get as you get bigger, it, it's in the level 10 leadership meeting agenda, which is what needs to be communicated back to the organization. We mm-hmm. skipped that for about a year and a half. And it's because our mm-hmm. organization wasn't getting communicated back. So mm-hmm. what came up in this meeting that we need to make sure to communicate back to the organization, what decisions were mm-hmm. made, who's owning that, right? Communication. And so that's at the very end of the meeting is to recap that. Can, can I ask well, you a question? And I love that oh. because... Well, I, I just was going to say, like we were talking about before, even little organizations can get siloed, yeah. you know, where you've got, you know, I mean, especially if you as the as the leader, often you're in the middle of the communication that's going back and forth between the different people on your team. And I know I'm terrible at this. Like somebody will tell me something, I'll say, oh, for sure, I'll tell so-and-so. And and then it never happens because I'm not methodical. I'm not great at that. And so that, that step is really key. And actually I'm realizing, Sarah, that we don't, like it's somewhere along the line, we forgot to do that in our meetings. Yeah. And so I'm kind of having a We did too. There. Yeah, that's what, yeah. yeah, we did too, which is why I'm mentioning it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that was what my question was going to be, because like I'm sitting here going, crap. So what, give us an example <laughs> of how, like, what do you mean by communicate to your organization? That's where my head went. I'm like, like, do you mean, like, what's an example? Because you're right. I don't know. We might be falling down on that. So it could be like if, if, if an operational thing changed. Yeah, go ahead, Wendy. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I was just going to say is if if we decided that we we you know we charge a fee, if we decided to change the fee price. I mean, it's, it's, very simple, it's very simple, but sometimes, but you, make sometimes you make decisions in the leadership meeting and then they never get communicated back to the salespeople. They never get the right. transaction coordinator doesn't know that the that the, the 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 we call it a DA needs to change. Like there are just lots of pieces to that that don't always get communicated. And it's like, who's going to tell that person, right? And who's going to make sure that the sales team knows that and and who's going to train the sales team on that? So if it's a, mm-hmm. if it's really any decision, usually it affects, um, you know, almost everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's part of yeah. why I love having <laughs> these meetings on Monday and then your team having a come to Jesus meeting with herself. Yeah. No, I'm thinking. Jesus I'm, meeting with herself. Yeah. I'm thinking, no, I think we, I actually think like, I'm just trying to think back. Like we, I think that on the tactical stuff we do well, I'm thinking more, I was thinking more on, I don't know, strategy and direction. Like I'm wondering how well we're doing. I'm just, I have to ponder that for well, that, a while. That's I'm what a slow happens too. That's actually what, yeah, that's what happens too, Via is like, I'll forget that that department needs communication, even though the leader's sitting right there. And so I'll say, okay, mm-hmm. you know, uh, only the sales team needs to know about that. Right. And then Jen, that's like, that's well, the what whole, I was the whole thinking. Fin- yeah. Like, yeah. The, well, the whole finance team needs to know mm-hmm. about that as well because they're the ones doing the yeah, making that's sure fair. that everyone mm-hmm. gets paid. That's like, actually mm-hmm. why we started mm-hmm. bringing the TLs and the MCAs together. Now that I'm remembering back is because, so because of yeah. that point. And so we solved it, granted, with another meeting. But, you know, that it is really important. It's just 30 minutes a week, and and it has proven to be worth it. But, I, I'm yeah, I, I'm just kind of getting an awareness. We probably but, do okay, but, but now I'll, I want to be I'll purposeful. Just, well, and I'll just, yeah, well, and what this does is, is it prevents you having big meetings with everyone, 
right? Like my sales team doesn't need to have a whole discussion around whether or not we're gonna change the cost of the fee. I mean, and and that's, that's kind of a small example, but they do need to have it communicated to them. And I think sometimes we get lazy and we just say, well, for everybody to know everything, they just have to be at all the meetings all the time. And what this does is it helps you get really purposeful in communicating back the stuff that people need to know. Yes. Well, and so that is, yeah, so that's the level 10 leadership meeting. Like I said, you can Google it. There's a a good video out there. EOS does a nice job of explaining it. And um, I think we've done a really good job of talking about how to run a highly effective meeting today, guys. We had the five steps of... um, you know, ask yourself, do you need to have the meeting? Who really needs to be there? Make sure you create an agenda, make it purposeful and create engagement when you're there. And if you're not there, of course, make it remote friendly. And then we went through the very specific steps of having a level 10 leadership meeting. And I will tell you, you know, thanks to Sarah, this was wonderful advice that you gave me. This is following this framework for a meeting has been a game changer for Mm -hmm. us. It's helped us streamline our communication. It's helped us get to the problems that matter the most. It's helped us tremendously in our tracking. It's helped us, you know, once we create a plan, we are revisiting the plan over and over and over and over and over again and seeing like where we're off track. Because you, if you, if you're only looking at your plan every six months, it's, and you're, and you're down the road six months, you're not going to be able to, to course correct. It's too late, right? But if you're looking at your numbers and everything once a week, you can really get a sense of what's going on. So mm-hmm. guys, if you're not running highly effective meetings, I would highly encourage you to spend some time. It's actually a leadership skill that we all need to develop and it will help you get more time back so that you can continue to build your big business and even bigger life. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thanks. Great Bye episode. Guys. I learned a lot. Bye.